Before we dive into this week's episode and I introduce our guest for episode 83, I have a very special announcement. I can't believe that I am able to tell you this. We are now ready to open up applications for the Creator Club. You might remember I ran something called the Create Her Club last year, a group coaching program. Well, this is similar, but even better. This year I have joined forces with my incredible husband, John. We've spent 10 years running small businesses. We've coached one-on-one for a number of years. We've also run group programs. And we could see this opportunity as we moved into 2021 for something that was different, something that was less driven by hype. We know that business can be overwhelming and it can be confusing and exciting, but you don't need endless short courses. You don't need bro marketers in your face standing in front of their Lambos and their private jets anymore. You want the real proven skills to help you grow your business and at the heart of it we know that you want to feel like you can lead that you have the confidence to lead your community lead your team lead contractors clients and yourself we know that you want to have consistent momentum for your business on the daily and implement systems so that momentum continues. None of this short burst of momentum, and then that's it. We want you to feel like you can be consistent. We want you to feel like you're working with clients that you love, clients and customers that you really truly love. And finally, have a plan to grow because it's all great getting access to the tools, but if those tools don't form part of a plan, then that's not how we're going to create momentum and grow our businesses. So we're going to help you create a plan so that you can build new revenue streams, that you can start new projects, create new relationships in your community and be surrounded by others that are making a difference all in a really safe space. That's super important to us. And of course, we want you to increase your revenue and do it in a sustainable way because that is the future and small business is at the heart of a brighter future that's that's plain and simple so if this sounds like you if this sounds like you want to be part of this community if you're a small business owner and you'd like to learn more you'd like to to see what behind the scenes on what we have to offer within the creator club i suggest you hop on over to our website that's creatorclub.link creatorclub.link l-i-n-k you'll find out all the details on how you can submit an application to be part of this community and do amazing things with your business in 2021 and beyond now Now that I've got that announcement over and done with, I'm very excited for you to join the Creator Club, but we have a guest for this week who is sensational. She really is an inspiration and someone that I've been following for a while on the Instagram, of course, and she shows up in an authentic way. And I know that she's got a lot going on in her life. And I think as business owners, we can we can choose to show that we can choose to roll with it and she or you don't have to but she does it in an incredibly authentic honest way but also whilst providing a lot of value i think that is something really really key to remember so my guest for episode 83 is liz mcvoy she's a marketing consultant who helps entrepreneurs elevate their brand and connect with their audience through video storytelling brand strategy and magnetic marketing content over the last decade liz has worked with multi-billion dollar tech companies boutique brands and entrepreneurs to focus their creative direction stand out as an expert and create marketing content that converts In a rush of courage and at the height of all that craziness we had in 2020, 
whilst being pregnant with her second baby, she officially launched her creative agency, which is now I'm very pleased to announce her full-time gig. Well done, Liz. You're amazing. When she's not working, she loves to spend as much time as possible with her husband and two little kids in Grand Rapids, Michigan. As I said, Liz is truly an inspiring woman. She's funny and very, very relatable, I'm sure, for the mamas out there in this community. And amongst strategy and amongst all this realness that she conveys, we talk a lot about what it's been like for her building her business and really diving in headfirst over the last year and what it's like to focus on video and putting video as one of your primary marketing strategies, not only for her clients, but also for herself whilst raising two little ones, because you can imagine getting a lot of time to do video is not easy, but she really does it well. So let's dive in. Let's get into episode 83 with the wonderful Liz McVoy. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to the True To You podcast, Liz. It's beautiful to be with you today um, on this very wet Tuesday here in Australia and sunny day where you are, which is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it's so welcomed. Every bit of sunshine I will welcome my way. So thank you so much for taking the time to have me on and for this intentional conversation. I'm excited. Yeah. So Liz is is a marketing expert but she specializes in video which I know even that word scares a lot of women out there and men probably about showing their face on video even filming parts of their product or their service like where do we even start and I feel like Liz is your go-to woman in that department because she has a lot of experience with it so first and foremost like take me back Liz to where your career started, what you studied and how you got to start your business, because that's a really interesting story. And and it occurred at a very, very crazy time. So lead us into, into the present day and starting your business. Sure. Well, you know, I'm going to throw it way back, probably further than anybody would anticipate back to kindergarten. Okay, (laughs) cool. In the days of starting in my love of theater. So as a child, my sister and I were always acting out things and putting together skits and getting our family camcorder together. And we do like a hot chocolate commercial. And there was always just this um, entertainer side of me that as I grew up and went into high school and then into college, I just had a love of storytelling and love of the arts. And that ended up, um, kind of getting sidelined for a little bit, I would say when I started into college, I was studying business and marketing, oddly enough, that now that I'm doing marketing anyway, but I was in accounting classes and I felt just uninspired and disconnected from people around me. I felt like I was just one in a sea of people trying to learn and make my way through college. And um, so in what seemed like a, a spontaneous move that has now been probably one of the biggest moves of my life, I came home for a weekend from university told my parents I wanted to change my major to film production because I'd always loved acting. I thought, hey, I'll learn the other side of this. I love storytelling. I love connecting with people and figuring them out. And, um, you know, entertainment is so fun. So I said, I'm going to transfer universities. I'm going to change my major. And I landed an internship in Los Angeles. And they were like, 
oh my gosh, you'll never make it in Hollywood. And <laughs> I said, you know, that's not necessarily the goal, um, but I would be lying if I told you I had a goal in mind at the time. And that embarked this journey of ending up uh, landing into doing digital marketing where I was using video storytelling for other businesses. And I've been spending the last 10 plus years in corporate working on communications and marketing teams to promote services, products, um, people through video storytelling, through graphic design and web design. So really when it comes to marketing and communications, I've worn every hat. And in April, 2019, I decided, hey, you know, I really want to start doing more freelance work, which I was doing at the time. I'd had my first daughter who just turned one. And I thought now's the time I can kind of journey into not even entrepreneurship, but journey into doing more things and stretching my creative muscles. And I set a goal for myself. I said, okay, in two years, I'd love to be able to build up my business to the point of leaving my corporate job. And then in a fast forward a year, so March, 2020, right before the pandemic really started to take a hold in the US, I decided, hey, I'm gonna take a course called the Knowledge, what is it? Knowledge Business Blueprint or Knowledge Broker Blueprint, KBB with Jenna Kutcher and said, this is gonna be the moment. Like I've got all this knowledge, surely that must equate to something. I've been doing kind of this agency work for, for clients creating videos or, or brand development and websites, but I thought I can teach. I like to teach, I like people. And uh, little did I know there was a pandemic that was gonna sweep through the US. And I also was, I think 34 weeks pregnant when that process started. And without, droning on and on and on. I ended up hitting the launch button on my online business at 37 weeks pregnant, um, right at kind of the start of the pandemic and then went off and had a baby. So I'll stop there. <laughs> As you do, right? <laughs> yeah. It was never the, looking back, I look at the version of myself that I thought I was up until that moment and would never, ever have guessed I would have done that. It was totally out of character, but I had this moment of, I know I have something else to offer. I really wanted to have more purpose and impact in the work that I was doing. Not that my corporate job um, was negative or anything. It just wasn't fulfilling that void. And I had this now or never moment, like life was not going to get any slower. It was not going to get any easier. I already had a crazy two-year-old, was about to have a baby that COVID-19 was taking hold and was scary, but it was just this moment of, okay, I see this gap in the market because everybody was moving online, especially female entrepreneurs. I know, um, including myself, we typically struggle with confidence and clarity in our messaging. Either we don't believe we have something valuable to offer, or we know we do, but we are not confident in telling people. And I know video is this insanely powerful tool to be able to share what you do and share your enthusiasm and your passion and teach other people and learn from other people. So I was trying to figure out how the heck could I bottle that up in a way that was accessible and get people going today and not be super expensive, not take forever. So I put together an online course called the Media Maker Lab. It's still out in the ether. Um, and that was a course designed to get you through the basics of video production in less than a week. So that you could walk away with starting to do video in your business. And if you were creating an online course, it would teach you how to make that content more engaging. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind since I've started coaching other female entrepreneurs over the past 10 months. And my business has shifted less of the agency work now and more towards coaching and consulting, which has been so rewarding. Oh, that's it's an unbelievable story and there's lots to un unpack from that. I was really curious to know, and, and you pretty much answered this question, it seems like a matter of, of all of the pieces of puzzle kind of coming together at the right time in terms of there was something happening in the outside world that prompted you to say, hey, now or never, let's do this. But from what you were saying, you know, a lot of people jump into small business or switch careers in, in my experience, because there's something missing from what they're doing. They're not aligned in terms of the values with the companies that they're working for, the corporate lifestyle they've outgrown, perhaps uh, like in your case, you know, starting a family really 
has you question, is this going to work for me? And so it seems though that you were actually really enjoying your work and it was really fulfilling you. And um, was there anything else do you think in terms of perhaps motherhood and becoming a mom that made you realize I need some flexibility here? I want to grow this to something that impacts other women so that yeah what what was it at that time that had you going this this is really this is really the impact that I want to create Mm. well I think it's important to share now I very firmly believe that there's I've seen the impact, I've seen the transformation with my clients and even just not necessarily with my clients, but even the community that I've built in this online space and what a gift that is. So that's the space I'm in now where I see it. And I have my original why of wanting more flexibility with my family. But one of the reasons I started my business to begin with was in my corporate job, I kind of hit this, the ceiling, so to speak. And I knew, okay, I either have to, my job gave me it was very secure, gave me a lot of flexibility, but wasn't, I wasn't as passionate about it anymore. And I was scared to leave it and start another nine to five. And I thought like, okay, that is that really going to fill it? Um, I really would like to be earning more. So that's really what it started with is I have this skill set. I'm marketable. I could teach other people to do it. And I'd like to be earning more money. And hey, it'd be cool to eventually be my own boss. But for the past year, I've been grinding doing both my nine to five and entrepreneurship. But along the way, there was this pivot and this moment where I felt like somebody had lit a fire in me. And then it became like, okay, yes, I'm making more money, but I'm also feeling more alive and more fulfilled and more purpose-driven and seeing this impact than I had before. And that's where what I started off 2020 with this dream of building a business really became it uh, came to life to see if it was truly possible. Um, and I actually haven't shared this publicly, but by the time this comes out, well, it happened, but I actually just resigned from my corporate job last week. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So it's crazy to think like two years ago, I set this, what was an audacious goal for myself to leave my job, to have more flexibility, to take a random day off and be with my kids. I had this vision of being at the park on a Wednesday with my daughter and a baby. I didn't have my son at the time, but I knew I wanted another child to be with my husband. And I had this vision of having that. And last year in the midst of the pandemic, when everybody was home and on lockdown, we did have this day that we got to go out in the park and we had my son and that vision came to life. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And I want to be able to help other women have that. I want, whether it's with their families or with their spouses or their dogs or traveling, I want them to have that freedom to live their life and what's going to bring them so much joy and fulfillment as I had in those little moments. So it became less about making more money and more about really having the freedom to be present in the moments that are so important to me. Oh, you're you're a beautiful storyteller. And I know that is incredibly personal, but how you shared that is, oh, that that makes me think of the days where we live on the coast and for six months of the year, you can swim in the ocean. It's beautiful. And I think of those days as well where we, we go, okay, we just got to run down and have a swim because otherwise life passes you by and you're grinding and building this business and yes it's hard but you have to take those little moments because in those moments you realize this is why we did this this is why we're crazy (laughs) yes so true that would be really nice to live well, we live about 30 minutes from the water, but there's no way I'm swimming in it this time of year. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay, let's talk about the practicalities for a second. You have, how old is your your first child is now? She's three. Three, and so you have a 10-year-old and a 10-month-old. 10-month-old, mm-hmm. okay. And remembering that Liz started her business before her baby was even born. So she's been working on this uh, in between feeds, juggling a toddler, all of the things. How, how has that been? Because I know 
something it's something that you're very passionate about being real about and you do it in such a nice way might I say as well like it never feels like one is a burden to the other in in the way that you share it it's it's really just this is life and (laughs) and I think I I'm guessing that a lot of the entrepreneurs that you work with as well and small business owners they're possibly in a similar position to you so it, it really makes sense for you to say hey sometimes we've got to record a video as you were just telling me when the baby's down for a sleep and it might be unpredictable so (laughs) let's make this easy for you i would love for you to talk to me about this last 10 months and how you've managed it how you've perhaps negotiated a lot with your husband around (laughs) daycare all of these things what has that been like because you know, I think about these things too. I think it's like almost, it feels like sometimes motherhood would draw a line and then you're on hold or you're on pause for, for Mm. a few months. And then you, then you start again. And what is that going to mean for a business that you're building? And you have to set yourself up. Whereas I think in a, in a corporate job, when you have maternity leave, it, it feels like it's, it's probably a little different in that uh, they find someone to fill your place and then you can be back there again. And, and in Australia, it's most people take about nine months to a year off. Oh, wow. Very fortunate here. So I guess, yeah, <laughs> building a small business, having children, young ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I, I was certainly hit on the, um, beautiful chaos of motherhood and entrepreneurship, but it's anything in life. Like whether you have kids or you don't desire to have kids or, you know, maybe you're building a home or you're transitioning or moving locations, there's always going to be something that will tempt you to put your dreams on hold. And there's, there's rarely in life, is there really a time of pause? And for me, as crazy as it sounds, having my son was a time of pause because let's see, he was born in May of 2020. And in the US, everything kind of shut down mid-March. And we didn't, you know, especially in the beginning, nobody knew really how COVID was even spread. Like everybody was sanitizing things. Like nobody was going everywhere. We were home, firmly home. I think the only people we saw up until June was my mother and my stepdad. And, you know, intentionally we kept our circle small. We pulled the kid, well, just Nora, we pulled my daughter from daycare and we didn't know what we were to expect. And so when I had my son, I went into maternity leave and I took three uh, months off of my corporate job. And within that time leading up to it, you know, granted, I just launched my course. I was excited to keep going in this online world. I didn't want to get stalled. And I had people in my life saying, okay, Liz, slow down. Like you have to take care of yourself and be present. You'll never get this time back, like all those things. And while that was true, I knew, yes, I can, but I can be fully present. And there are moments, there are going to be moments when the baby is sleeping or when I'm in the shower or whatever it is, I, I'm going to be thinking about something. So how can I use this time to be almost like an incubator for my business? That way, when I come back, hit the ground running, like in three months time, surely we'll have a better idea of what the heck the world is doing, (laughs) which we kind of did. But my husband was home. He was helping out a lot. We had my mom step in to try to help watch our daughter a little bit so we could have time with our son. Um, And I, I, one of the things I did, which maybe would seem crazy to other people is actually the day my water broke with my son, the day I was, I was due, I met with a mentor and I signed with her the day I went into labor with my son and I was like, okay, this is a, I invested in this three month program. It was a four figure investment. That was scary to me, but I was like, I know this is what I need. I need some, not just accountability, but support. I wanted to be in connection with other women. I needed help with PR. I wanted help marketing myself because while I know marketing, it's hard to do that. So I invested in a program and I was like, Hey, I have no idea what level I will be able to show up for this because I don't know what life with two kids is about to look like, but I feel like this is the thing I need to do. And I need to accept that. I may not know how I'm going to be able to show up if how I would want. And 
So with the help of my husband, with using that time to kind of think and plan and also learn from other people, I was able to, I guess, get clear on the direction I wanted to go in my business and slow down, but also speed up at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's super specific, but I could keep going. No, that is perfect. That is perfect. It sounds like you've also got a great relationship and you've got some support around you, which has meant that, that you can probably be flexible with your business because, you know, when people are available, you can um, work on it. They can take the kids and it's, you didn't have to have as much structure perhaps. I'm curious to know though, uh, managing were you part-time or full-time in your corporate role in the last full-time wow okay <laughs> you're unbelievable okay I think you're officially superwoman Liz <laughs> uh, it's not without a lot of help and support and patience and grace from a lot of people so are you someone that's good at asking for help is that something you've really learned to be okay with Yes. And I think part of that is I, I, I have always been an open book with people. And I personally, I feel like that is one allows you to just have a true relationship and community, but also I think it is helpful to other people, you know, obviously being careful to not burden other people with your shoes, but I think it's helpful to other people to know that they don't have to have everything together and all the lines I's dotted and T's crossed. Um, mm. I would say I'm definitely a perfectionist and a high achiever. My my sister says, Liz, we have a high say do ratio. Like when we say we're going to do something, we do something. So you know, I always think I believe <laughs> described like becoming a mom and then becoming a mom again is it's like this game of efficiency. So for those listening that are waiting to take the leap into entrepreneurship or waiting to take the leap into motherhood or into whatever it is, because you're worried that you won't have enough time or bandwidth or mental capacity, it becomes this game of efficiency of how much can you get done with the time that you're given. And we all have been, I mean, think back to early days when you have, you know, you're a poor college student or you have no money, like you get scrappy and you get stuff done. Like we're all still here surviving and some of us thriving, you know, we, we figure out what to do with what we're given. And it's the same thing in business. And if, if I gave you eight hours a day to fill, I'm sure you could fill it with work. But if I said, okay, you have the same things to do with three hours you're going to figure out a way to do it. And so for me, it was just kind of a matter of shifting um, and using my focus time. And, and part of that, I would be lying if I told you anything different than, well, there were mornings when I woke up at 4am and couldn't go back to sleep because my mind was reeling with all the things I needed to do. So I was up early before the kids and sometimes I would work late, but now I've tried to have more balance. Um, if that's such a thing, I don't know. Yeah. Has the perfectionism changed for you, given that you have limited time to work on things? I remember back in corporate days and I was an architect before mm. this big transition that I've made. And I remember we would get things as perfect as possible before it would be submitted to a client or and obviously in building, you need a level of accuracy. Sure. <laughs> but there's a difference yeah. between accuracy, I think, and perfectionism as well. And I think sometimes perfectionism can be something we hide behind because mm. we go, well, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to put it out. Or if, uh, so we, we either give up or we don't put it out altogether. But I imagine with this drive that you've had over the last couple of years and in particular the last 10 months, it probably hasn't left a lot of room for perfectionism in some cases. Is that, mm -hmm. is that would you say that's true? Yes. I mean, there's definitely the, like, you are up against a deadline. You have to just get things done. But I have noticed some of that perfectionism almost internalizing into my expectations where I not idealize, but where I set um, 
and I've started to work with my clients on this of not just setting goals that are financial numbers or clients or followers or email lists or any of those things not being defined by the numbers, but because it could be so easy to say, okay, this is the goal I want to set. I want to get X many people into my program and I want to make X month this month, or I want to add this many people to my email list. And as a, I think a perfect, my perfectionist tendencies would glom onto that number and say, that's the number that I will be happy with and only with that number versus being able to say, why? Ask myself, why? Why is that number, that goal important? Is that helping me achieve one of my core desires to feel rooted and secure and confident and empowered? And if it's not, like if, if that goal is making me feel the opposite of those things, I need to adjust that goal. So that's where I say, like, I've kind of internalized some of those perfectionist tendencies when I'm thinking about like defining my business success. Um, but if I can stop and check myself, then it can be helpful. But if you're asking, like, do I put up a perfect sales page before I start selling a program? Um, no, I started my selling my last program out of a Google Doc because I was like, I will not do a sales page. I will not let myself until I get a couple people in and then I'll do a sales page. Amazing. Oh, I love I love it, Liz. You're you're um, singing my kind of tune with all of this <laughs> because, oh my, I am a recovering perfectionist through and through, especially if you've come from, like I say, both of us have come from careers where video editing and I'm sure you worked on big scale projects with huge budgets. And when there's that much pressure involved, it has to be right. It's you're delivering something that's going to impact someone's uh, bottom line. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that perfectionism just, it, it, uh, it compounds over time, but hearing all of this, I'm so sure this is going to help a lot of women out there because we have a lot of creative women and it seems to be something that I think we, we fall into this trap of feeling like perfectionism is something that has to stop us. And you've just showed us that it doesn't. And I love that example, especially of the sales page. That's, that's fantastic. That's really cool. So let's get into talking about video because we've talked a lot about your personal story and this has been really, really helpful for me and also for everyone listening to hear about your journey. But I know that you are extremely passionate about video and this is a large part of what you teach. Why are you so excited to use, to help people use video as a medium in their businesses? It's, it's obviously something that's very accessible now, which is great for us. We have mm -hmm phones with incredible cameras. So there's a lot we can do with minimal budgets at our fingertips. But why from your side of the fence, from the marketing guru, the person that's worked in video for a lot of years and seeing its impact, why are you so excited to help businesses, small businesses and, and female entrepreneurs bring this into, into their marketing campaigns? Yeah. So to tell you the truth, Ruby, I actually really resisted planting my flag on the video realm for a long time. I, when I was going through KVB and figuring out what I want to teach, I really wanted to come at the angle from marketing, branding and marketing. And, you know, so much of that, I love the creative direction and the comprehensive storytelling that you can do through email and social media and yes, video. But I, I knew that if I came in with that angle, I would probably be lost in a sea of voices. And I, I also internally know the power of video. And while I've spent most of my life trying to avoid the lens, <laughs> um, I have seen the growth personally when I step in front of it. And when we talked about like being that open book and letting down those perfectionist tendencies and just sharing what's going on, what's working, what's not, and not being afraid to just show up and teach and serve your audience, um, there is a little bit of magic that happens. And I've had the privilege of helping other people um, share their experiences and their products and services and, and from, you know, fitness instructors to the Seattle Seahawks as a um, NFL team, it's a, a, a team I got to work with when I was in an internship in college. So, you know, runs the gamut from very small, would probably never see more than 
30 views to quite large. And there's a shift that happens when somebody can step in front of a camera and feel like they can just share. And so a lot of my job has been being that safe place for people to open up and I ask them questions that maybe they haven't been asked before. Or I um, get to know them in a way that maybe they reveal something they haven't shared or you know, just setting that environment and then capturing it through video. And I love the process of video editing because it's so fun and entertaining, but you can also move people and you can drive them to action. And I think, you know, when you can really hone in on like the trio that I hone in on is the branding, marketing, and the video aspect. So your brand is really your voice and your vision, the values, what you want to accomplish with your business. And then your marketing is getting other people to see the value in that and to you know, know who you are and to trust you and like you and want to work with you. And video is the quickest way to achieve both of those things. It's the quickest way to communicate why you're doing what you're doing, the uniqueness to it, the value. Um, it also reaches people and builds bridges where there needs to be bridges built. And I think especially with the pandemic and heck, everybody using Zoom, um, can really even see just like the way that video has played such a role in our life. And especially as it comes to female business owners needing to show up with confidence and own that they're really good at what they're doing and it's not vain to say it. And it's not conceited or self-centered to show up and just share from a place of authority. It'll really help women use video to be, uh, be the leader that they are is really, really exciting to me. And so, yeah, from showing up on stories all the way to producing a brand video to creating an online course where you're using video rather than hiding behind slides, um, that's my, my role is really to help you gain that clarity in what you're going to say in your messaging and the confidence to deliver it. Mm, that's so key because it's easy to get in front of a camera and then all of a sudden freeze and go, oh, what do I say here? I've planned a couple of things, but is this going to resonate with them? Is this what they really need to hear? And so knowing that, especially if the video is strategic, I guess there's also this opportunity now. I'd love, I'd love to hear from you on this because you're someone that I follow on Instagram. You create really funny reels and you're really into that, which is awesome and IGTVs and a lot of your content is is video um so there's that opportunity to do that more social type content as well and then our strategic marketing content do you see a obviously there's a place for both but I mean do you do you find that people it's easier for people to show up in one versus the other do we need a mix of that type of content yeah talk to me yeah talk to me about that I think it well one it really depends on what your what your brand is what your mm. product or service is obviously if you have a um you know Amazon's putting out commercials about what they sell and what they offer and how they, you know, delivery by the next day, right? Like Jeff Bezos isn't getting on and telling you how incredible Amazon is, you know, um, <laughs> but especially for solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and people who are the face of their business, I think it, again, depending on what your brand is, it is so important to have a healthy balance of both. Um, I love to do more of the fun lifestyle pieces that are relatable. Those are the pieces that are entertaining that make somebody smile. Um, and then I, I do also like to create a lot of educational content or um, things that would make somebody's marketing easier or help them understand like, how the heck do you find your ideal client? What is that? Like, how do I make the entrepreneurial journey easier? How can I answer the questions that I had starting out? How can I answer them through video? So that is the more business end of things. Um, but I like to do, I like to show up on stories and say, oh my gosh, my daughter just ran into the house with her Jeep or, you know, I'll, I'll do that one day. Then the next day I'm doing a mini training on how to build your email list. So you can have, when you set up your brand to be fluid like that, where it is personable. And I know authentic is the word that's like tossed around like candy these days, but when you can let people into your world a little bit, um, they can see you are, I mean, everybody's multifaceted, right? And mm -hmm. so I think there's no use in just pretending that it's all business. 
And I also want to try to change the narrative around this idea that to have a premium brand, you have to be perfect or super polished, um, but that you can deliver a premium experience, premium service, premium product, and still be very relatable and down to earth, um, kind of like your mom next door style stuff. So, yeah. And, and I also, I also think time and place, right? So if you have a sales page, I would say having a more professional video would be worth your time and effort. But if you're posting something on Instagram, that's going to live and die in 24 hours or less, something that will, and people are on Instagram to just kind of passively scroll or to be entertained, to be pulled in, to be, have a micro experience. So I go at that with how can I create a little micro experience that brings them into my world or maybe makes them say like, oh, Liz knows what she's talking about when it comes to this. Like maybe I'll go there for something I need. You're just kind of leaving breadcrumbs in a way. Mm. So there's a place for more of that fun, playful, I say low production value, but that means just, you know, you're not doing 70 takes to get your Instagram story right. But um, there's a place and time for that. And then there's a place and time where you stand in that light of authority and you stand with quality and you put yourself out there um, to the world. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I have so many questions even on that, uh, that bit alone, because something I've, I've noticed, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily the way you have to do it. And this is what works now. And I'd love to ask you the question about trends in 2021, but before we get there, something I've noticed is that you can also use Instagram or another medium, whatever social media platform you're really into. And, and that also probably should relate to your ideal client as well. And we're there hanging out, but mm -hmm. you can use it as a really well, a couple of things. You spoke about nuance and what makes you an interesting person. And especially if you aren't, if you're in a market where it is competitive and I'm in a market where there's tons of business coaches out there, there's tons of business coaches for small business, but people always say, oh, what's going to make me stand out? Well, it's making us aware of those little things that you do that we can relate to. And we want to feel like we're buying from a human, not from a robot, right? So what you were saying there was really great around building that story and building that picture of who you are, because you'll be surprised how much I think that actually connects with people than the fancy polished sales page video. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've noticed is that there's some women that I follow on Instagram and this is not, like I said, this is not saying you have to do this, but they, they are say always on their stories, for example, and they're always, they're not trying to trick you. They might be, they might be giving call to action, calls to action in their stories, but it's like a passive way of bringing us closer to their product or their service because they might show it in action or they might be. Um, talking about it in relationship to their daily life or something like that. And so I also think with the amount of times that people need to see something or hear something before they click buy, you're also probably missing an opportunity if you're not there. <laughs> and I'm not saying there in their face and directly selling to them, but making them aware of what you do and what makes you different. Do you have anything mm -hmm. to add on to that? Yeah. So I, I think this is something that I actually was just queuing up an email for the coming weeks about this. Of <clears throat> the issues when we go to launch something, whether it's a, a something that you're launching all the time, like an ongoing service or ongoing product that you sell, or maybe it's a group program or a, a course, or even, even a freebie that you're putting out into the world. We have, um, especially as women, we tend to, and I, I apologize for generalizing. Maybe some of you listening are like, I don't have a problem with that. Well, in that case, that's amazing. But I know, I'll speak for myself. In the past, I have felt like I'd be nagging or bugging people by talking about what it is that I do. Um, 
you know, you hear the whole serve, 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 and then sell, which is, which is true. You should do that. But I think it's harder to switch into launch mode and sale mode. Um, and you have to figure out what feels best to you. You have to figure out what feels aligned, but it is true. The big prop, big two issues that I see is people either don't know you're selling something. They don't know you've launched or they have no idea what it is. They're either, you know, they have no idea. There's no like awareness or visibility or your messaging gets really mixed up. And so I'd like to help you simplify that message. So if you take, say you want to sell a face cleanser and it's brand new to the market and you're talking about um, what's in it and how many ounces it is and look how cute this packaging is like, that's nice. You can talk about that. And if you only talk about it once or twice, um, you're probably not going to see the results you want to see. But if you could share a video of somebody that's like, I had the driest skin, it was itchy. And now I feel just like I can go outside with no makeup on. And I went out to dinner with my husband the other day and he said, you look so beautiful. And I realized I didn't even have any makeup on because this face cleanser has really just helped me feel so much better. That is going to sell nine out of 10 compared to just saying, it's this nice cream that's all natural and this and that. Like it's selling that it's selling that experience and telling people about the outcome of something. And so that's kind of the the what is it piece. It is it's a face cleanser. You don't really have to explain like it cleans your face. But why should you get that? And that would be the experience, the outcome. So when we're talking about your messaging, not just on video, but whether it's through email or social media, but especially through video, I think if you can come at if you can craft your message around um, where your ideal uh, your ideal audience or that one person is today and what they're experiencing today, and if you can relate to that through a story, that will really help. If you can have somebody else tell a story on your behalf, that would be even better. Um, but yeah, just kind of reflecting on that, Ruby, I think it really is just a matter of you haven't talked about it enough or you're not clear in your messaging, I, I find. Yeah. Would you say that most small business owners or entrepreneurs, when you look at their content and they say those things, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to mention it too much. That majority of the time when you look at it, you probably say they're, they're way, way under selling themselves or way under um, sharing in terms of the value and all of those things, the stories and the thing is, is that if you want to, if you want to have a certain amount of income and financial benefit from your business, the it's, you can't not sell. <laughs> That's the problem. You can't not have a sales process. It doesn't just mm -hmm. magically fall in your lap. And so I think once we become comfortable with that idea and that that is, that's a value exchange and you can put whatever terms on it that make you feel comfortable, but it's really realizing that, Hey, you're in business. Okay. And you, we, we got to do this. we got to learn to love it. And I think mm -hmm. having someone like you in their corner would really, really help a lot of women you said something earlier, and I think you've said this a couple of times in the interview that something you've been really great at that's an asset is helping people to feel comfortable on camera. I would love to know what some tricks that you, if you're not there, if you can't be in the room with the person to cheer them on and, um, and support them, What's the next best thing to help us feel more confident if we're going to especially put our face in front of the camera and talk to it, tell mm -hmm. stories, whatever it might be? Yeah, what, what can we do to, to get more confident? Yeah, so let's start with like the really practical, tangible things you can do. Start with a sticky note or a notebook or even do a, a test, like talk to yourself of what you want to say. I, for me, I always feel a little bit better when I have a plan that is probably because I'm, I'm an Enneagram one. So I like to plan things anyway. But if I have an outline of what I want to say, um, that usually helps me stay the course. And then I feel like I'm going into this. I know what I want to say and I know what the outcome is. So I would say when you create that script outline, 
call it, or talking points, know what you want your audience to do at the end. What is the close? What's the call to action? What's the purpose of that piece of content? And then how can you tell a story through that? And how can you engage your audience through what you're talking about? Whether it's a 15 second story on Instagram, a reel, or whether you're doing you know, a two minute long video for a course or something. So I like to figure out what am I gonna say? So that kind of takes some of that pressure off. Um, you can practice it if you want. Another very like silly tip is you can put a picture of your best friend or your dog or cat or whoever you feel like comfortable around, put a picture next to the camera or next to your phone. Um, and you almost have to shift yourself into that mindset of you're just talking to them. <laughs> it's hard because we don't, especially if you're filming with your phone and it's the forward facing camera, you can see your every move. You can see, you know, if you're raising your eyebrows funny or, you know, it, it can be easy to be self-critical. So if you can not see yourself, sometimes that helps because I think as we're talking, we're like, oh, I didn't say that right. You know, or I look weird. Let me do that again. And then the more times that you do a take, your confidence is going to be going down because the more internally you're going to be editing yourself. So that kind of puts the third third thing is try to set a limit on how many takes that you'll do um, and make sure that you're in a good headspace. So if getting on video is really tricky for you, I would say nothing, an asterisk on this, you do not have to be all dolled up, do your hair, makeup, whatever, put on a cute outfit. But if that makes you feel really good and if that makes you feel you, like go spend some time outside I always like to film when I come back from a walk because I feel more energized, my blood is flowing, my brain is clearer. I'll put on some lipstick and earrings because that cures all, even if my hair hasn't been washed in three days. And I'll try to batch record some things because then I only have to get over that hump. It's like when you go to work out and you put on your, your running shoes. It's never fun putting on your running shoes because you know what you're about to do. Even if you know you'll feel better afterwards, like, ugh. You just have to get the shoes on and get outside and then you'll do it. So you just have to get your little desk tripod and your phone out and get yourself in that space where like, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes and that's going to be that. So putting some boundaries that are healthy on yourself will make that process feel less like ugh, big lump in the throat. But as far as confidence, you can post that picture of your friend, make an outline. You can blast some music that's fun for you. Um, if you have a buddy that can edit your video, give it to them to do, because I tell you what, you might make it through filming and then go to edit and be like, this has never seen the light of day. So <laughs> if you can have somebody else that can cut out your ums or fix the, the parts where you stumble, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you're putting together like a more polished video, if you can outsource that, that usually helps. But um, in the end, it just comes down to doing it more and getting on camera more and also remembering that you're showing up not for you um, and not with the the mindset that people are going to be sitting there judging you and the things that you don't like about yourself. They're going to be just listening to the message. And their only, really, their only um, goal is like, does this resonate with me? Do, do I need to listen to this right now or not? Mm -hmm. And that like that's what they're thinking what can i get out of this what am i going to gain from this they're not going to be thinking like liz really should have worn a different shirt or like she's still got some dry shampoo showing in her hair you know they're not gonna maybe they will or maybe they'll get it and go oh i'm so glad she looks like that too who knows you don't know but you can't prejudge what people will judge about you right and that i think that's the thing that we're scared about too is what people will think yeah yeah and the more the more you do it the more the less you care i find mm -hmm. in in my experience and i started out doing youtube videos a few years ago and some of them they're so over rehearsed and they're terrible and you know I look at them and, and cringe for sure, but I'm so glad that I started somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> because at least you get to a certain point. And now I would almost say that there's so many options with video, especially that you almost can't not try it once. Whereas a few years ago, there wasn't all of these features on social media and there wasn't the mm -hmm. ability to do all this video is really 
just YouTube or best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now it's like, it's right there <laughs> tempting you every single day. So you may as well try it and you may as well jump on board, which leads me to my final question that I'm really curious to know from the inside, what's the trends that you see in video and marketing for 2021 and, and maybe beyond? Like, what do you see as things that are really going to blow up and are really important for us to, to jump on board? Mm. Short form video content. I, I mean, look at Pinterest has story pins. It's not even people necessarily showing their face, it's just movement. It's anything that was static is now going to have some sort of movement. And short form, especially in that 15 second range is huge, which breaks my heart a little bit because back when I was in film school, you could create a five to 10 minute long thing and people would sit through and that was that. But what's, if you think about your own habits when you consume content and let's take Instagram reels our Instagram stories is a great example. <laughs> I guarantee you, you probably only give a video two or three seconds mm. to decide whether you're going to stick around. And that is a lot of pressure to put on yourself. So I don't want, I don't say that to like scare you, but more of to know, Hey, you have to, that doesn't mean everything has to be jam packed in that first two to three seconds, but you have to start somewhere with building a rapport and building a rapport with your audience. And you can do it over email, you can do it over static posts, but if you do it over video, the likelihood that somebody's going to stick around is going to be higher. Your engagement rates will be higher. Your retention rate for even what your message message is. I think it's like uh, viewers retain 90% of a message as compared to 10% written, um, which is insane. And by year 2022, I think, I think video will make up like 83% of web traffic. Wow. So everything is gearing towards video. I mean, people watch one hour or 1 billion hours of video across YouTube every day. Like that's how much video that's played. So short form video is a huge trend. Um, I think somebody even mentioned to me that YouTube is putting out shorts now to kind of keep up with reels and TikTok. Uh, but I don't see that being super long-term because at some point you have to have substance. And it's very hard to have substance with just 15 seconds. So if you can use that short form video content to be the handshake to get somebody else onto your email list or onto your YouTube channel or onto your blog, it's going to serve you much better in the long term. Uh, I love that. That's perfect to end on. What's what's one very last thing that you would say if people are sitting on the fence about doing more video, but uh, yeah, what would get them over the line? What would get them off the fence and doing a video today? What's your final words of encouragement for the listeners? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to take a, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a, the different route is what would happen if you don't? Hmm. You know, think about that, like what now that you've started your business or maybe you're thinking about what what would happen? How would your life be different if you didn't do that? And with video, if if you know, I don't have to convince you it's a powerful tool, right? Like we've spent the last 45 minutes talking about that. We, we know this is an insanely powerful tool. It does connect. It entertains. It inspires. It motivates people to take action. You can make a lot of money. Um, you can have huge impact. So if you know all those things, what opportunities might be missed if you are going to be the person to stand in your way? Because it's not technology that's readily available. It's not know-how. You can follow me on Instagram. I do tons of free tips. You can get on my email list. There are way other uh, more experienced video experts that can educate you at the wazoo. If you wanted, like you have access in the digital age to overcome pretty much any obstacle. So that just leaves you. Mm. And so what would happen if you got out of your own way? So I just, I guess I'll end with that because I think that's something that we individually have to wrestle with. Um, but I would love to just be an ear to anyone listening. If you guys are thinking about showing up on video, but you have a fear and you just need somebody to say, okay, by tomorrow, like, I want to see you show up on Instagram stories and I'm going to check. Like, if you just need that cheerleader in your corner, I'm happy to be that person for you. But I want you to think about the person that needs your message today 
and what would happen if you didn't show up for them. Mm. Oh, that's, that's the most perfect note to end on Liz. Thank you so much for your time. This is, this has been a really beautiful conversation that has started with your story and ended with getting people motivated to be on video and you've done that so eloquently. So thank you. Thank you so much. Where can we find you if we want to hang out with you more, if we want to see some of those tips and tricks, what's the best places for us to do that? Yeah. So the best place would be if you go to my website, which is lizmcvoy.com. I have a get started with video guide for you. It's free. You can download it. That has some great resources for just some basics that you can do along with a list of some um, inexpensive to more expensive video equipment to help you. Uh, if you're really interested in pursuing getting video as a major piece of your marketing content. So download that guide that gets you on my email community where I pour out a ton of fun stories of the crazy things that happen with my kids down to the entrepreneurial journey, um, being more of an open book. And then Instagram is the best spot. So my handle is Liz McVoy creative, and I'm always on stories. I honestly, I would love to have more of that social aspect in social media. So if you do follow, um, please reach out and introduce yourself. I'd, I'd love to know that there's a real life person behind um, the views and things on my stories and my posts. So. Yeah, and get a get a our audience. I know spans across the world for this uh, podcast, but you might get a few fans from down under. So that would be that would be fun. <laughs> I'd welcome it. I'd welcome it. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Liz, for your time. This has been a really wonderful experience. Thank you. Thank you, Ruby. It's so nice talking with you, and I just appreciate all your thoughtful questions and even your wisdom that you've added to the conversation too. Thank you. You're welcome.